Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, here we go. Let me start out with this. Well, this is the title. I better start there. Title is uh, Obedience or Disobedience. Um, Subtitle, Your Choice. So here we go. Obedience and disobedience are a big deal with the Lord. But what is obedience and disobedience? Sometimes we need to go back and define words and decisions in our lives in order to, in order to maintain clarity. We at times make such important decisions, but need to reflect on them in order to see clearly by allowing the word to renew our minds and to correct us. My focus mainly is our decision to accept Christ as Lord and Savior needs to be inspected in order to move forward into victory. And what we said and did in those initial moments with Christ have such an impact on our lives. During that process, if we've called him Lord of my life, am I then fulfilling it? In order to fulfill it, we must understand what obedience is through love. Now, that's a whole lot. I got two Sundays. We'll see how how far we get. Um, Man, the Lord's been working on on me through this. I'll tell you what, I got a lot of growing up to do. So that being all said, we need an example of this. What does this look like? Um, When many of us have entered into jobs... We get a job title, and we get a job description. I like to go back and look at that decision in in agreement and make sure I'm fulfilling it. So many of you, if you know me, I like to get uh, that job description in front of me, and I like to revisit it from time to time. Make sure, hey, am I holding up my end of what I agreed to? I did this a lot at MGH. I'm relearning to do it here now to make sure, like, I'm not stepping into areas that I'm not supposed to. By working the field and fulfilling the, what I'm, I agreed to, agreements. And we're going to get into that word agreement. I tell you what, holy smokes. Ooh. Another simple example of that is marriage. We came to an agreement, right? Husband or wife, job title. Job description came in the form of what was confessed at the altar. And I have a confession. I went and asked Jessica. I was like, do we have that? I have a general knowledge of what we said. And this is for Pastor Delmer. If you're listening or watching this, I know he has it. Because he kept track of all, every marriage he did. He kept track of our confession and that the, the ceremony, all that. I want that. I'm going to call him probably this week and see if I can't get that. I want to make sure... I'm fulfilling what I confessed. Um, and it looks part of the, most of them kind of look like this, you know. I take thee to be my wedded wife and husband, or wife or husband, to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. I mean, there's some serious implications here. According to God's holy ordinance, and there I pledge thee my faith. That was a generic one I got offline, and most of us have said that in some sort of context. 
We got to define what we said there and did and revisit these things to make sure we're fulfilling them. Um, and a lot of times, that job description, if not all the time, is found in the word. Husbands and wives, husbands do this, wives do this. Um, in Christ, that job title is servant. And that job description becomes kind of vague. Not vague, but his will. And that's interpreted to each of us individually. Paul said this in Titus 1.1 in the New King James Version. Titus 1.1. Some words here. Specifically one. Paul, a bondservant, there it is, of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and knowledge of the truth, which, accord, which accords with godliness. Bondservant, there it is. I had to look that up um, because a lot of uh, translations just interpreted uh, servant and servant, servant, slave is kind of what it can be bound to. But I looked up what the word bondservant is. This is Paul talking about, he's using the culture at that time. Romans used this a lot. In Roman times, the term bond servant or slave could refer to someone who voluntarily served others. But it usually referred to one who was held in a permanent position of servitude. Under Roman law, a bond servant was considered the owner's personal property. So whose are we? You've got to start asking yourself these questions. We get into conflict. We fight these things because we haven't answered these questions. Or we may have answered these questions of whose are we? Are we a servant? Are we a bondservant? And we need to revisit that because at times your flesh wants to get involved and like, oh, wait a minute here. We died to something, but I want, I want it back. So you're in constant tension between your, your flesh and your spirit. Your spirit should be dominating your flesh. So I've revisited these conversations because doubt wants to creep in. Well, you know, did God really say this? Did I really say that at the altar? Did I really say that when I came to Christ, Right? And part of that, I've said this before in some of the contexts in some past preaching, I have to remind myself of this. Good soldiers, servants, slash servants, need to continue to realize that we have passed from death unto life. We must face that we have died to ourselves, but our flesh has constantly want its life back. I'm a big fan of uh, Saving Private Ryan. I watched it last night. Again, it's, there's some tough parts in there, but man, uh, if, you're, if you're lacking victory in your life, you're probably usually fighting something, uh, usually the flesh, in the context of um, producing its fruit or the Spirit's fruit. And you have to come back to that statement, did you die to something? Because in Saving Private Ryan, I see those, some of those guys that are actually winning, they're advancing, any war movie, they've already considered themselves dead. If not, more often than not, you see in these movies, the, the one who's curled up, uh, freaking out, like panicking, he hasn't accepted the fact that he's died yet. 
And that's more often than not where we're not getting victory in our life because we're fighting our flesh and we won't subdue it. And I'm just as guilty of that. I've, oh, I, there's like, Lord's been dealing with, did you put this to death? Or are you trying to resurrect it again? Man. John chapter five, verse 19, New King James Version. Man, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he, see, whatever he does, the Son also does in this like manner. Are you a servant? Are you constantly keeping Christ in front of you? If this is our example, if Christ is submitted to the Father and doing only what he sees his Father doing, what are we doing? Are you yielding to your flesh or are you yielding to the Spirit? It's a fight. Holy man, is it a faith fight. There's days they're like, I got to repent. Like, yep, I totally sold to the flesh that day. Whew. So then let's get back to the word obedience. What is obedience? Because at the very beginning of that opening statement, you can't get to obedience until you've agreed to something. Because you've got to be obedient towards something. 1 Samuel 15, 22, New King James Version. So Samuel said, as the Lord has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Oh my gosh. So I looked up that word obeying in the Hebrew. My goodness. It gets, this stuff gets kind of heady, but the Lord had to correct me on some things here. Hebrew, and the Hebrew definition of that word, uh, obey. To hear intelligently, often with the implication of attention or obedience. I was like, okay, that helps me. All right, that gives me some clarity. So then I go, all right, so how do I, to hear intelligently? So then I looked up some uh, definitions online. To hear is to be told or informed of. Intelligently, having a good understanding ooh, or a high mental capacity, quick to comprehend. Does that sound like scripture? Slow to speak, quick to listen. It's active. Displaying or characterized by quickness of understanding, sound thought or good judgment. Okay. Oh my goodness. All right, you got me there, Lord. Am I actively, well, for one, wanting to hear intelligently? Do you want to hear the words of Christ? I mean, we're here this morning. We're students, right? Sometimes you may be here just physically, and you're, trying, you're, you're getting your spirit to catch up. Like, holy smokes, I get it. Sometimes, you're, okay, I just got to get there. And just sometimes you're just putting the flesh under and under in those, just, those mundane things. But we got to get that faith activated. We got to engage. Get those notebooks out. Get those pens. I'm trying to remain a student at all times. I don't want to create God or come to a conclusion that I'm treating things as vain, common. 
Man, I start seeing that in the Old Testament, and oh man, there's consequences to that. All right. The dictionary definition of obedience. Compliance with an order, request, a law or submission to another's authority. Have you done that? Obedience unto Christ. Oh my gosh, I just... It's a continued fight. You're not active. If you're willing, uh, going about it willy-nilly, you're going to find yourself in disobedience more often than obedience. You have, I have to get up. I've done it many times where I haven't engaged my faith like I should in my morning devotions. A lot of times, I'll be honest, I'm guilty of it, or I've just read through it. And then wonder why I produced what I produced that day. Didn't have the faith I needed, didn't have the encouragement, didn't have the victory. Oh my goodness. This is what my notes are. Obedience is the acceptance of the authority and will of God in my life. It includes both submitting to him and then expressing that submission in actions, words, and thoughts daily. To to be obedient is to be in agreement with God. To be in agreement with God is then to be in a position of power in Christ. I struggle with this a lot. Um, Not struggle with it, but just trying to, you know, get things settled within you. Um, Some transparency here. I'll just, okay, Lord. There's some things you do, you, you walk about in life, you think you've got it, you know, I'm in a pretty good place here, right? Um, I've been in a lot of jobs, worked with Mike before I came here, worked with many other positions in in Minnesota. I thought, oh my gosh, I thought I had submission in a pretty good place of submitting to um, my boss, my employer. And then I come here. And the Lord had to take me to a whole nother level of maturity. Have I accomplished that yet? No, I'm growing in it. You can ask Pastor Heidi and Pastor Sean. I'm learning to submit to them. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, when you think you've got something figured out, and the Lord's like, ah, no, Josh, you're like right here. You know? <laughs> and, and, whew, a lot of repenting going on. I've got to learn. I've got to learn a lot. So I'm learning that here now, another, another level of submission. It's just, it's, I just thought it's just another job, right? Another job description. Like, not that I was training it as common or vain, but like, I, you know, okay, I've done this my whole life. Oh, 40-year-old Josh is still learning stuff. Holy smokes. Imagine that. All right. Let's go back to that initial uh, moment with Christ. Romans 10, 9 through 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession, with the mouth confession, with the mouth confession 
is made unto salvation. A lot there. I'm not going to pick it all apart. I want to go back to verse 9. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. The Lord, this isn't rocket science, but I have to... Got to go back and redefine, not redefine, but define, make sure you're arriving at the same conclusion that Christ is. If you're arriving at any other conclusion, you're going to be in chaos, I'll be honest, double-minded. Your, your opinion has to line up with Christ. Your agreement has to line up with Christ. Lord, in the Greek, simply, uh, simply as Lord, Master, Sir, the Lord, And to sum it all up, supreme in authority. Have I come to that agreement? Or many of us have, but we need to revisit that. Am I working that out now? Or have I did that one small moment in my life and I thought, you know, I can just live through grace. I can do what I want. Or is he Lord and I want that Lord working in my life? Or has that Lord been replaced with a different identity? Job, insecurities, is your identity in your spouse? Is your identity in sports? Is your identity in a lot of stuff? Lord's working that through me. I want to hide out back there in the sound booth. I was a sound guy. I don't want to be up here in the flat. I'll tell you that right now. I had to break that. I mean, even at, at MJH, I was the estimator. I, man, Mike took a huge, Mike and Jody took a huge step of faith hiring me. I did not know that job at all. Mike sewed into me, taught me it, and I'd be like, okay, I got this. You ever done that? You got to be careful. You find something comfortable? Oh, I got this. Oof, man. <laughs> right? So what did we come in agreement with when we confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? This is what I found online. Agreement definition. Harmony of opinion, action or character. The act or fact of agreeing. And this is where it's going to, oof, man. An arrangement as to, to a course of action. Compact or treaty. A contract duly duly executed and legally binding. I wrote in there for me, covenant. We must come to an agreement with God. So how do we come to that agreement? During that process, a lot of things happened. Like, some of it just was settled real quickly within me. I, I've confessed to the youth group, which, man, I wish sometimes the youth group was sitting right here. Help me acclimate to this a little bit. I, t- I took it as fire insurance. I didn't completely understand, but I knew there was, a, there was a level of faith there that I had to walk through and then grow into it. I was like, oh, man, pastor's saying I'm going to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I want that. Well, as the process of that, that's why I have to revisit it now. What did I agreement, agree to? What did I do? Or what did I surrender? And these are some of the questions that got answered for me that continually need to stay answered because Satan's going to come in and try to poke in them. He's poking. He wants you to start doubting. When you start doubting, 
you get chaos. You get out of faith. That's why you got to be ready with the word when he comes knocking. These are some of the questions. Is he, is he God? Is he Lord? Can I come to the Father on my own? Can I get to heaven on my own? Can I save myself? What is truth? Or is it my truth? Is he worthy? Can God be trusted? Is he for me or against me? Is he faithful? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And if you don't have those answered, well, the enemy's coming knocking either way. But if you don't have it answered, you're going to find yourself in some ditches. Or at the very least, you need to go get some study and get, get in communion with your father and get some answers. Because he doesn't think, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're so faithful. Because he will answer you. Oh, my goodness, it's so good. Through those questions, usually the first outcome that gets produced is salvation and covenant. But after salvation and covenant, the continuation of that agreement is expressed by submission and obedience. So here's some encouragement if you're needing some answers, just some scripture to help build you up. Proverbs 8, 17. Proverbs 8, 17, the New King James Version. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. That's pretty confident. You have an answer, or you have a question, go get an answer. But it's going to take something from you. There's a couple strong words in there that we'll get to eventually. I don't, maybe not today, but well, we might do. We might, yep. Love me and seek me diligently. Those are pretty some strong words. And then Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. Luke 11, 9 and 10. So I say to you, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Don't, I mean, you've got to take thoughts captive. As soon as uh, doubt starts coming, I, I, I experience just as much doubt as anybody else. Even my, even my salvation. Were you really saved, Josh, back when you were 16? Oh, yes, I was, enemy. You want to have a conversation? Let's go. Because I'm ready now. It's take, I've developed some things over there. I'm not perfect, but man, I want a response because those voices are coming. And I'm going to speak the word because that's the victory. I don't want to make up my own truth. I want the truth. Oh, man. And he is so faithful. Seek him out. And he will answer doesn't matter how small the question is. I mean, we're, uh, Jessica and I are going through some faith fights within our home. There's some things I just like, Lord, what do you say? What do you say? Because I always, I'm very analytical. I'll arrive at things in the natural. That's godly too. 
but I leave the word but all the time. Lord, this all makes sense going this direction, but what do you say? Because a lot of times you read in scripture, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. And Jessica's heard me preach in the house many times. A lot of stuff doesn't make sense. Who in their right mind (laughs) marches around a city seven days thinking they're going to win that war? What? Just go get some swords and axes and let's go at it, right? But Joshua left it open to, Lord, what do you say? Joshua's trained up. He knows things in the natural. They fought some stuff. I mean, come on. I'm getting better at that because if I don't leave that but or I don't pursue communion with the Lord, Lord, what do you say on these things? Simple as brushing your teeth. I mean, I've been teaching the kids, I mean, in the youth too. Like, the Lord will lead and guide you to buy the right toothbrush. Why? Because it's not always just about the to- toothbrush. I'm learning this. It's the process. He might have somebody you need to meet at Walmart buying that toothbrush. For, I mean, the implications go deeper and deeper, and you start to realize that more as you commune with the Father. Like, oh, man, this relationship gets awesome and more awesome, if that's proper English. I don't know. Awesomer. I like that. <laughs> we must agree with what he said. If we don't, can I then have a healthy relationship? That includes both submitting to him and then expressing that submission in actions, words, and thoughts. Things get disjointed when there's no agreement. Are you in Christ or are you out of Christ? And then I got the next phase. Agreement slash covenants. Now, the word agreement just gets wrecked for me now after I've seen these definitions. You enter into covenants when you agree to things. Agreements, covenants lead to relationships. Be careful what you're agreeing to. You're saying yes to something, you're also saying no to something else. I can't say I'm a pastor here And then desire to go pastor at the church next to me. What did I agree to? I agreed to hear. And then that job description tells me, stay in my lane. I'm not the worship pastor. I'm the youth pastor, right? You ever ever find yourself in error, disobedience, because you got out of the things that you were called to do? All right, back to relationship definition. The way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected, or the state of being connected. The way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave toward each other. This is where, man, it really starts to hit me hard. The word relationship is not directly in the Bible, but there are so many characteristics of it revealing it through Scripture. And this is where, man, this is where all this started. John chapter 14, verse 15. Let's go back to that opening statement. If we've called him Lord of, my, of our life, 
Am I then fulfilling it? In order to fulfill it, we must understand what obedience is through love. And here we go. Holy smokes. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. I've done some weeping over this scripture. Just. You can take full assessment of this in your life daily, regularly, by the fruit that you're producing. Is your fruit keeping his commandments? Because if you are keeping his commandments, then you are in love, right? With the Father, with Jesus. So I had to again define what love is. Many of you guys already know this. That word of love there is defined as the agape love. Holy smokes. There's, there's a lot of growing up that I need to do in that word. Because that is not the ooey-gooey that we think. The expression, some of the, the benefits of walking in love with someone. But that's not this. This agape love is a love of choice, not of a, out of attraction or obligation. It is unconcerned with the self and concerned with the greatest good of another. I mean, we've, how long we've been walking through this in the last few years of this church? Walking in love, walking in love, walking in love. It's like, Lord, really again? Yes. Yes. You have not arrived, Josh. Am I doing that in this church, in my relationships, in my friends, at my job, with your kids? Ooh, man. Agape love requires faithfulness, commitment, and sacrifice without expecting anything in return. Man. Really, Lord? Yes. And this is exactly, exactly what Jesus did on the cross. We, we know the story, right? He struggled with it in the flesh, in that garden. Boy, he was crying out. He's starting to see and reveal. The Lord was, ooh, he's getting that much closer to that step. And it started to hurt. Is there any other way? But... Faithfulness, commitment, and sacrifice, Jesus looked past the cross and seen what it was going to produce. So when you're in that relationship, whatever it is, like I'll just use my example, my wife. Because go back to that job title and description. Husbands, love your wives. Very practical for me. I need something, Lord. Help me in the natural to see that too. It doesn't say when they're lovable. <laughs> right? Let's just be honest. There's a lot of times in Scripture you see that. He commands you some, but it's not dependent on the circumstances. It's just commanded of you. And it's like, oh, okay, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. What are you going to yield to? Holy smokes. 
Thank you, Jesus, for that sacrifice. Oh, what an example. And this agape love is found over 200 times in the New Testament. I wrote a, I wrote a uh, note to myself. I should probably give that some more attention. <laughs> How often than not, we, we, again, arrive at conclusions not based on the truth. A lot of that love is that, oh, that ooey, when I feel it. Well, there's, there's definitions of that love, but not here, not in this context. So you have to learn to apply things correctly at different times. Not when I feel like it. Wow. Back to that, that scripture, John 14, 15. That was love. Keep, looks at the word keep definition. Keep my commandments. It's in the Greek. To watch over, to guard. It's active. It's active to keep and to watch over. Well, what are you keeping and watching over? What you've been given. What have we been given? The word, the word, the word. So you have to receive that as well. It's tough to watch over and to guard if you're offended by the word. Man, I'm guilty of that. So then if I'm offended by the word, then I'm not watching it or guarding it. I'm just offended by it. Nope, it has no place in me. But no, I've got to repent. Lord, help me. Work this into a good soil. Help me to watch over, keep it, water it, cultivate it. Because ultimately, keeping his commandments will produce the fruit of the Spirit, and I want that working in fullness in my life. Anything outside of that, oh, it hurts. You reap destruction. You've got to repent. You've got to reconcile relationships. You've got to reconcile a lot of things when the gifts of the Spirit aren't working in your life. I want to bear more fruit. So maybe there's things some that, some, some things in our life that need pruned at times. Man, I think it was Mike that taught on it maybe a year or two ago. I don't know when it was. The word pruning. That hurts. It's easy to remove dead things, but to prune is actually to cut something off that's giving life. Well, Lord, I want to, this is, looks like it's producing. The Lord goes, nope. Why? Because he wants me to go this way. So you're going to allow him to be the judge of what life looks like? Are you going to allow him to be the judge of what fruit looks like? Or are you going to arrive at your own conclusion, like, I really like this. This looks like it's producing. Oh, Back to that word. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And we'll continue now. John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses 10 and 11. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Man, there's a whole lot there. I won't dissect the whole thing. Just a couple points. 
My first observation was, love produces obedience. The degree of our love is measured by our obedience to Jesus. Lord is just wrecking me on so many levels. So take some assessment. Where the Lord has called you to submit in obedience to, judge it. If you're struggling with I am, because what about, if I go back to my transparent observation, if I'm struggling to honor and respect my pastors that I'm supposed to be submitted to, really boils down to is I have a lack of love. And man, Lord, you have to say it like that? Yes, Josh, yes. <laughs> That's what Jesus, Jesus is a standard, right? He did it, he did it perfectly. Because a lot of times you like to, you ever done that? Uh, I don't know, coddle your feelings. Put them in a box and try to, you know, tone it down. Oh, Lord, it's, I'm not submitting because they're not doing it right. You ever done that? Try to, I, I, man, I try to subvert this word love all day long. And, I, and I'll try to make so many excuses. Well, they're just not a great leader. They're what, whatever you want to come up with, right? It goes on and on. That list is nothing but garbage and excuses and lies from the enemy. And what it boils down to is I don't love them or love your boss whoever you're supposed to be submitted to, right? We're, some, we're a lot of agreements and covenants in our life, right? Check them. A lack of love. Oh, okay. And we go back to that word agape. It's choice. It's not when the circumstances are correct. It takes faith. It takes commitment. It takes sacrifice to lay that down. And I, I'm working through it. The husbands love your wives. Man, I think Jessica's got so much patience for me. Holy smokes. We all got growing up to do, right? Let's, let's love better. Woohoo! Man. Verse 11. Jesus revealed that his joy came from keeping the Father's commandments and abiding in his love. You got lack of joy in your life? Gut check time. Are you holding the commandments? Are you abiding in his love? And the fullness of our joy is contingent on us. The fullness of our joy comes as a result of our obedience to Jesus and abiding in him. So how full of joy do you want to be? Man, I want to be. We're supposed to be overflowing, dispensing that unto others. Check yourself. I'm always, I'm always the, I like to talk about assessment. What's coming out of my mouth? What's coming out through my actions? Is it bitterness, anger? Oh, that Pastor Sean, you know. My boss, that president. No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. That politician, that health director in our county. I just, woo, Josh, check your words because you have a love issue. 
And I want joy, and I want to be submissive to the Father. I want to fulfill the full call on my life. Because there's goodness, there's mercy. Oh, there's promise. And I want that, not only for my life, but as us, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. Let's show that to others, how to mature and grow. And that is, yeah, no, I'm not going to complain about my pastor. Nope, nope, I'm not going to complain about my president. You know, that Ryan, nope, I'm not going to talk about my brother in the Lord like that. Because why? I'm submitted to someone higher. And he is Lord of my life. If I don't agree with who he is, his character, what his will is, what is his word, and what he did and is doing for me, submission and obedience will not be expressed in my life. We will tell on ourselves by our fruit. Inspect your fruit. I think this was said, um, I don't know what pastor said it from the pulpit here. I think it was in the last couple months. The weeks and days have been going by. And now school season's here. Woo, let's go. Your thoughts became your words. No, your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your character. And your character determines your destiny. You choose. You choose. When our thoughts, words, actions, habits, character don't line up, if they're not, you know, or are in the same direction, we will have chaos in our life. This is why our spirit must dominate our flesh. The spirit knows. He, the Holy Spirit knows how to connect with your spirit. He's living inside you. He knows the direction. He's, he directs our paths, right? They don't become in alignment when we start you know, yielding to the flesh. We get disjointed. We have schisms. Galatians 5.17, you guys know this all so well. Galatians 5, chapter 5, verse 17 in the New King James Version. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So simple, right? <laughs> Just walk it out. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And I wrote this. Agreement slash covenant. It's partly due to the men's book. We were, I don't remember which book it was. Agreement, covenant, obtains the relationship. Submission and obedience maintains the relationship. This works very simple in the natural world. 
If we don't stay submissive and obedient to our employers, our bosses, there will be schisms. Wherever you're supposed to be submitted to, and ultimately to the Father. But I like to use the natural application. You can't agree to something. Mike hired me for drywall. I can't desire to go work for drywall at another company if I made an agreement and a covenant with somebody. But we do this all the time. I'm guilty of it. And check your inspect your fruit. It'll tell on you. I can tell if you're submitted to someone. Your words, your actions. <laughs> your love walk. I mean, man, Jesus. We've heard that schism definition here, right? We'll end with this. <laughs> it's a division or separation. A split or division between strongly opposed sections or parties caused by differences in opinion or belief. If you're not saying in submission, you will slowly be led astray into this, a schism. Before you know it, bitterness, anger, well, I'm not going to submit to my boss anymore because you've now sowed a bunch out of your mouth for, what, a year or six months? I think they're a terrible leader. I think all this stuff. But were, were you called to submit underneath that person? What does it matter what they're doing? Oh, Jesus, I repent. And if you don't get tight reins on this, you will have a schism. A split or division between strongly opposed sections or parties caused by differences in opinion or belief. I wrote this for me. You guys can have it too. We'll end here. I'm pretty sure God is not going to change his mind. He has a very strong opinion and belief, right? So next week, hopefully we'll get into some case studies of how a couple gentlemen in, uh, in Scripture went about this. Let's end with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it's got life and life more abundantly, Lord. It leads us. It directs us. Your word draws us into closer relationship with you. Lord, we won't be offended by your word. We'll, we'll, we'll use it. We'll, we'll allow it to correct us. We'll allow it to change the way we walk and talk. Lord, we need to love better. We want to be more Christ-like. Father, we, we thank you. We praise you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your covenant. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for grace to accomplish all this. Lord, we want to be more like Christ. We give you all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.